Shirt Show. All right, let's go. Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Shirt Show! All right! Episode 95 of Shirt Show! We're going to do a recap of our time in Atlantic City. Let's go! What's happening? Oh, recovering. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, basically recovering from the sound of the slot machine music, you know, that <laughs> do, 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 whatever the fuck. Slots and, and cigarette smoke. And um, cheesy music playing too loud. And oh, um, one more thing. The stress inducing carpet patterns <laughs> that they have there true you know what i mean that's like crazy colors and i don't know why they did that but they did it mm-hmm. yeah i just got back two hours ago so you've had a little more recoup than i have yeah so i can see it i can see it in your face in your mm-hmm. eyes i can tell you're still like despair the ringing of the <laughs> like the casino life you know is a certain life it's a you know it's a certain life (laughs) (laughs) so descriptive i know yeah i mean i think everybody's been to a casino and everybody knows what i'm talking about you forget a little bit like you're not there and you're like oh cool Mm -hmm. a casino but then you're there and you're like there's this you walk and especially you know what the worst is is like when you walk through at to go get coffee at like nine in the morning or whatever and you see see the same people you saw last night when you went to bed (laughs) and the look in their face is like despair yeah, me and Steven were talking about it yesterday. We were walking through the casino and I was like, dude, I'm so over this right now. And he's like, just saying like, yeah, I can't imagine the people that kind of like do this every weekend or like the amount of old people you see just like spending their social security checks or just lonely as fuck. And it's just depressing. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's fun. You know, Don't get me wrong. Like we had a lot of fun for like two days. But after that, you're just like, give me the fuck out of here. I was just going to say that, like, it was sort of fun. Like we actually did, um, I think that first night we, after dinner, we went and gambled, um, with Frank actually, Mm -hmm. we sat down uh, or actually the first thing we we did, or I did anyway with Frank was the very, so I walk up to the roulette table because that's what he says. Hey, let's, let's start, start here, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and I put three chips. It was like the $15 minimum, you know, so I put three chips in on the numbers and one of my numbers hit, boom, should have left, should have been done. It should have got the Mm -hmm. fuck out of there. Right. (laughs) But I won 185 bucks. Like the very first thing I did. Yeah. Like, uh, what was it? The second day we were hanging out late that night and I was at the roulette table with AJ. Uh, and I, you know, I started with like a hundred bucks. I was up to like, I don't know, like two or 300 bucks. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to start putting it on black. So I put like 300 bucks on black one. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to put, you know, everything on black again. And AJ looks at me. He's like, dude, you just won like three times in a row on black. You sure you want to do black? Like as it's fucking spinning. And uh, I was like, yeah, you're right. I should put it on red, push it all the red, lost it all. Mm-hmm. And then I just looked, gave him that death stare. And he was like, I'll give you a discount on your supplies next time. you." Order. Yeah, he owes you. <laughs> Like, I don't know what ink a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, before we get into that, um, huh? check. Hey, I like your sweater. 
Also, are you listening? This is us being creepy. It's a sweatshirt. This isn't a sweater. Oh. It's a Bella canvas. What's the fucking difference? <laughs> well, isn't a sweater like a sweater? Sweaterd. So, yeah. See, now there's a difference. A sweat turd and a, and a sweatshirt. Dude, so many sweaty turds. Mm. Uh, no, they. there's a difference because one is called a sweatshirt and one is called a sweater. I don't like it when you say it like that. Yeah. Well, because, I mean, one is sort of like, I would say one is fancier. When you, you know, say like sweater, you can, I think like, like it's buttoned up, like it's a cardigan. Well, you're wrong. That's weird. You know how often, you know how many people um, actually come in to the, to the shop sometimes and they're like, Hey, how much, you know, I'm, I'm looking to get some sweaters. And I'm like, <laughs> we, like, we do not or like sell your sweaters grandma here. knitted it. <laughs> yeah. Like we sell sweatshirts. Is that what you're looking for? I don't know what a sweater is. Okay. Sorry. Well, I do know, but it's not, we don't have them. I just figured that was like alpaca or something you had on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Llama. Yeah. Maybe? Like how bougie you are. I figured it Yeah. Was. It's pure um, imported imported human hair (laughs) yeah it was you know oh by the way so i'm uh this reminds me we we were walking through like the very first night when we got to the hard rock there was that um what was the name of that what was that fucking sweatshirt joanne what was the name of that brand? yeah i posted it earlier today it was uh fuck i don't know they're like those bougie brands not gucci or whatever no it was um valentino okay yeah so we're walking through and Joanne's like, oh, that's a cute sweater. Oh, I really like that sweater. And, and we all passed by and then we went up stairs or whatever. We did some like, stuff. Man. We did some stuff. And then I met up with you later. And as mm-hmm. I walked by the second time, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go in there and I'm just going to buy Joanne this hoodie. <laughs> she fucking wanted it so mm-hmm. bad. I was like, I'm just going to go buy her this sweater. Mm-hmm. Like, I was thinking it would probably be like, I don't know, like 200 bucks or whatever. I was like, this thing's. It's a hoodie. It's supposed to be fucking Valentino. It's probably expensive. <laughs> in my mind, expensive was 200 bucks. I was like, I'm going to throw mm-hmm. down 200 bucks on this hoodie, get it for Joanne so I can impress her and steal her from Andy. <laughs> and I go in there and I'm looking for a tag and I can't find a tag. And this dude comes over and he's like, he's like, hello, sir. Can I help you out with this? And I'm like, yeah, I just want to like see where the price tag was. He's like, oh, you didn't see it. And I was like. No, and he like reaches down into the head of it, like the neck of it, and the tag's like super low hanging in there. Like I couldn't see it. Pulls it out, fucking cups it in his hand and like shows it to me. He won't like, he's like, and this is how much it is. Like he wouldn't fucking say it. <laughs> like, dude, have the balls to tell me how much it is. Mm-hmm. Shows it to me and just like presents it in his hand. Fucking it's like almost $1,300 yep. for, for that hoodie <laughs> with so a shitty like, white print on the front. But did you get it for her? I, I told him to fuck off. And then I walked out. <laughs> I was like, you're yeah, fucking I mean, kidding me. And every, and dude, like every time we passed it by the rest of the like time we were there, I always looked in there and said fucking stupid because it was probably like a Bella canvas tearaway label. Yeah. And then they just printed the, like, um, it was like V T V L T whatever. Yeah. A couple letters. Front. That's it. Screen. Printed. Yeah, it was V L N T in like fucking times new Roman font on the front. <laughs> <laughs> right so we're gonna make one eighteen hundred dollars sweatshirt there we go um 25 bucks so Easy. stupid i have a quick story for you okay sunday night i went to buffalo to see the midnight oh that show yeah, yeah. and i got home at three in the morning so monday morning i got home at three went to sleep for three hours got up at six mm-hmm. to take the kids to school so after I take the kids to school, normally my routine is to like pull out of the school, take a left and go to like either Dunkin' or McDonald's, 
grab a tea and a breakfast sandwich. So I fucking go to McDonald's and there's like two cars in front of me, probably like two or three cars behind me. And I'm fucking like, again, I'm like super tired. I drive up to the first window and I'm like, I just hand her my card like normal. It's like, Oh, you know, pay for my meal. She brings it out, hands me a receipt. I'm like, all right, cool. Fucking set it down, go to the second window. And the lady hands me two coffees. And I'm like, I didn't order coffee. And she gives me this look. She's like, well, what did you order? And I was like, I ordered uh sausage, egg and cheese, uh, English muffin and like a large unsweet, nice tea. She's like, um, okay, let me get that for you. And she gets it, hands it to me. I pull off and I'm getting ready to pull out of like into the road. I realize I never fucking ordered. <laughs> I had never ordered the food. Like I skipped the part where you order food, paid for someone else's meal, went to the next window and just demanded food and left. And totally jacked their whole like line. Oh yeah. Everyone behind, <laughs> everyone behind me had to have been fucked. <laughs> so I stole from McDonald's. So apparently you can just drive up to the window and say what you want and they'll give it to you and then drive away. Well, did you do the right thing and go back? I and did then... go back the next day and? and I said, Hey, like I ordered again and I was like, Hey, yesterday I, you know, did this thing and they were just like, Oh, don't worry about it. That was so nice of you. I did something really nice yesterday. I doubt it. I won't tell you then forget it. Tell me. We'll move on. Now you oh. gotta tell me. Well, um, our flight landed wow. and this entire time, um, well, it was only like a two hour flight, but next across the aisle from me was a lady and she was probably 90. You put her and, out of her misery. <clears throat> no, Dylan, this is like a good story. You I'll just good like Samaritan her out. story. Don't shh. It's a good Samaritan. She was probably like, kill me. So we land. And you know how everybody's like, when you land, every single asshole on the plane stands up, like mm -hmm. we can get out fast or something. Yes. You know, and you're like, whoa, it's mm. going to be a minute. Everybody's got to get their- It's just a line of swamp ass. Yeah. And you've got to get your, you know, luggage from up above and then mm -hmm. roll it out. It's not going to take that long. We're all good. It's fine. Exactly. Like, just yeah. A couple of minutes. Just wait your turn, well, fuck face. Um, it, you know, we were aisle, uh, we were row nine and then it came to us and then I saw the lady there and I knew that she was having a tough time. I said, Hey, can I help you get uh, a bag down or something? And she says, my cane is up there. So boom, got her the cane. And then I was like, anything else? And she and says, beat her to death with it. No. Um, Andy. and so I, how could you shh, shh, meet you? I'm going to mute you for a second. Okay. We're going to tell the story with you muted. <laughs> Um, and so, um, I get the bag. Um, she's got like this bag from under the chair, you know? And meanwhile, the lady like to my right, I think is burning like holes burning in her body. Fine. Yes. She's, <laughs> she set herself on fire cause she was so what? fucking impatient. And then I got this, uh, I was like, I got the, the thing and I put it around her shoulder and I helped her out. You know, wow. and uh, and and she got like when she when we turned the corner to you know go up the whatever it's called, there was persons there waiting for her with a wheelchair, and they helped her get in it. And then I went and walked, and John and uh, Logo Daddy John and Julie they they were on the same flight, but they were seated you know way further back or something. And I waited for them. We started to walk, and the girls went to the bathroom. And this dude came up to me and said, "Hey, 
Um, hey, thanks. That was My mom answer. said you yeah. touched her inappropriately. Fuck off, Dylan. I should have fucking <laughs> muted you. Never mind. Um, yeah. sir, my mom hey, says you touched hey, Dylan, her. You remember when you told your boring ass piece of shit story about the McDonald's thing? You remember That's that? That's a great story. Mm-hmm. Well, did I interrupt you or did I just let you, did I say, oh, you know, and you've um, shot the lady in the face? You know, whoa, you whoa. I wouldn't say that. That's not nice. <laughs> don't you miss me already? I don't. I do. And, you know, I don't. I said I don't at first because that's my gut instinct. And that was nice. But you know what? Um, <clears throat> let's do some sponsors. Sure. Should we talk about Frank for just a sec? That's oh, yeah, sweetheart of a man. Sweet, sweetheart of a man. First of all, the very first encounter I had with him at Caesar's Palace. Is that what they call it? Caesar's something? Caesar's, yeah. Caesars in Atlantic City was a all of a sudden an arm came across my head and face and I got squeeze hugged really really hard right after he hugged me (laughs) (laughs) you just can't like let it go right you have to you have to that was an amazing hug so nice warm. You're saying, you're saying I got seconds. Is that what you're yeah, trying to say? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, um, it felt really good and it was great to see him. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I thought, you know, we were going to have this like smaller dinner and it kind of grew, you know, how that goes every, time. Every, every single time. And like we talked about last week, you know, we're going to try and pay for it and all, but nope. He would have no murdered dice. us. He would have straight drowned us in the pool. Yeah. So we paid for it. The guy paid for it. It had, it was like, and all of everything, like also the meatballs. He got the meatballs. Amazing meatballs. A meatball. I noticed how when they were bringing out the meatballs, you were like right here. Like you were mm-hmm. like right. You're putting, you're like, putting I had right one, here. I had two on each side. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, like, oh. I was going to hand him down the table. He's like, I know you're eyeing it. Go ahead. <laughs> I fucking ate it. Um, Delicious. That, this is like this is day one. We should say okay. So, oh, I don't even know. Like we're doing sponsors here. Yeah, we're talking we're about Frank here. We're talking about talking about Frank. We're going to talk more about Frank. I got my fresh palette of uh, restretches from Frank while I was gone, so that was wonderful. Yeah, a little little pat pat. Thanks, well, bud. it all starts with a screen, and whether it's new stretches or restretches, Frank and his team absolutely one hundred percent fucking do it the best. Yes. You like that? I ad libbed that. Absolutely. Uh, to find out more, go to graphicscreenfashion.com, F-F-F-F-F. Rank.com. Yep. Or. Greatfuckingscreens.com. 100%. Next, we have Easy Way. It's the easiest way. <laughs> <laughs> and we, done. Mm, no, I have, to, I have to say, look. We missed screens, the fuck out of Alex in Atlantic City. I mean, I was the same about him. I texted him. I actually called him. We actually talked voice. Did he call you? I didn't think so. So cleaning screens is no fun, but easy way makes it funner. Their line of eco-friendly chemicals will help you keep your screens and your shop clean. Check them out at easyway.com. Easy way. It's the easiest way again. Yeah. You know what? He was in um, South America, I think, or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so we couldn't make the show, but uh, we did miss him. Mm -hmm. 
100%. Action Engineering makes all kinds of accessories printers need. Go to actionengineering.com to have a look. And then use Shirt Show at checkout and get a one-time discount of... 15% off. Yeah, it's one five. Mm-hmm. Get some fresh pallets. Squeegees or carts. Or carts for your carts. Mm-hmm. Monarch Color makes ink that does what it's supposed to do. Learn more at monarchcolor.com. Ink better, print better, be better. Live Moss. Monarch. Monarch. Today's guest is Dylan Gilligan from Upstate Merch in Whitney Point, New York, and Jay Andrew Rudman from Shirkong in St. Louis, Missouri. You're so beautiful. Did that well, didn't I? I, mm-hmm. I knew those names. You I didn't have to. Up. Didn't think too hard about that. Um, oh, before we get started on, uh, you know, like Atlantic City and what we thought about it and all that kind of stuff, I have a correction. I misspoke. I talked about REI and how it was a co-op and it was owned by the employees. Wrong. It's owned by its customers, which also, I guess, as an employee, you can be a customer. And so for 30 bucks, you own part of the company. 30, it's three zero, thirty dollars you own part of the company. You're not paying attention. Yes, I am. For $30, you own part of the company. You get one vote on the annual board of directors election and future dividends and discounts. So that's pretty neat, right? So super neat. Um, it's it's sort of like I was just trying to describe like if you know if if I won, I think I said if I won a million dollars or whatever it was, the lottery, let's say, hundred million dollars, and I gave million. the shop to the to the team here, like how it would work, and I I think maybe co-op might have been the wrong definition, <laughs> but something like that. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. I'm okay, picking up cool. what you're putting down. Cool. All right, day one, Atlantic City. We kind of started talking about what we did. We got there. Um, um, you got to Philly. I left New York at 6 a.m. so I could pick you up at the airport in Philly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had just a couple hours of sleep, so we went back to the hotel. Took a nap. Took a nappy. Mm-hmm. And we then now we were ready. Went to get food with Frank. That's Now we're back. Kind of like, Now we're back to... Picking up where we left off. Mm-hmm. Well, before that, we got mm-hmm. snack food. We got subs. I got a sub, and I shared with you. That happened? Mm-hmm. Remember my turkey, turkey sub you ate half of? You enjoying? Oh, oh, no. No, no, no. I ate a quarter of it because uh, you ordered a whole one, and a whole one meant... Two subs. Basically. White, White House subs. If you ever had it, a whole is basically two footlongs. Yeah, because they are fractionally correct. They take the two halves and they cut those in half. And so there's four. Mm -hmm. But it's long as shit. It wasn't a foot. Like this was two feet. Mm -hmm. So I gave you and Andy one. Or yeah, you and Andy. If you (laughs) and Joanne one and I Mm -hmm. ate the other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was really kind of you. You're just like you're an all around generous person. Like you, you were going to buy Joanna sweatshirt to steal her away from me. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically probably gave her that sub to do the same thing. You know, yeah. you know, a way like that's the way to, if you know, Joanne, it's a way to her heart. Yeah. She needs just a few things. And those, you covered just like warmth and food. Right. There. Right. <laughs> right. And um, then right, we, so. then we went to Gordon Ramsay's and sat at the bar for a while. Mm-hmm. And I, downed like five iced teas right and then mini frank showed up and we <laughs> right. hung out with him 
if you guys didn't know, Frank has multiple Franks that work at GSF. Which is smart, you know, like I need to hire a bunch of Andy's, like mini me's. Mm -hmm. And uh, we hung out with Frank and his crew and Justin Moore and his crew from Barrelmaker. Yep. We got to talk to his staff, um, talk about their, what they're and doing. And a couple of the um, PGMs, mm -hmm. too. A few of them, yep. not just a couple. Yep. And then afterwards, we decided to go downstairs. Oh, we also hung out with uh, Mike from uh, Anatol. Anatol. Yes, sir. And then we went downstairs and gambled with Frank. And I played roulette and Andy and Frank played roulette. And you guys played poker for a while, too, didn't you? Yeah. So, like, I did pretty good at roulette. I gave some of my winnings to Joanne. And then Frank and I went over for some blackjack. And I went on a terror. It was like I was counting cards. It was like Rain Man or something. And mm -hmm. I could have, like, all of a sudden, the you know, the, the mob bosses were saying, who the fuck's that dude? We never got that Rain Man photo we were talking about taking. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> um, but, and so once they recognize that you're winning, then they just take it all away from you. You got strong-armed out. <laughs> Immediately. Mm -hmm. And so that's what happened, yeah. Yeah, and then we pretty much went to bed at what, like twelve thirty or so. Was it earlier? Night? But yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't too late. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. But you know, this was pre. This was before the show started. Yeah, the show was, was Thursday. Yeah, this yeah. was Wednesday, and the show was the next day. So Thursday, we get up in the morning, and we, well, I go to Starbucks, get tea, and uh, all that stuff, and then I meet up with Andy, and then we get Starbucks again. And then you drank your coffee shot, whatever the hell it was. And then we went to Starbucks again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we needed energy, you know. Right, right. So then it was and about noon at that point. And we made our way to ISS Atlantic City. Sure did. Mm -hmm. what, did you, uh, what did you think of the show? First impressions. First impressions. Um it looked pretty good. I mean, I had never been to an Atlantic City show, so for me, you like uh, the convention wasn't... center, <clears throat> dude. So it was beautiful. Like in the restrooms were some of the nicest restrooms I've been in ever in my life. Mm -hmm. And we made a pact um, that we had to go to the restroom together every time. Yeah, you know, we we realized that the girls have it figured out. Girls, they go to the restroom together, and then they leave the restroom together. And so you and I went to the restroom together, and you left. You fucking just left me in there to get knifed or whatever. And I came out and I said, Hey, uh, Dylan, here's how it's going to go. Down the rest. Again. Yeah. The rest of this, um, trip, we go to the restroom together. And then if you finish first, I wait, no big deal. That's what she said. If I, if I finish first, you wait. that was a good one. If I finish first, you wait or whatever, vice versa, uh -huh. right? We wait for each other because that's mm -hmm. what you do. And then when I'm when you're coming out, I'm saying, "Hey, Dylan, you got some toilet paper caught in your mouth or something." Whoa! And if you if you if you if I have something going on, well, then you let me know. That's how it works. The girls have it figured mm -hmm. out, and so that's all. That's all. I also love that we were in there and we thought we were alone and we were talking super inappropriately about uh, the urinals, <laughs> and then Charlie was in there. Oh yeah, <laughs> Charlie. Um, but yeah, and so. Um, but people, I mean, 
look, it doesn't matter about, uh, I mean, maybe it does to me, but it doesn't matter about the, the, the urinals. It's what's inside the convention center. Uh-huh. Is there stuff to learn from? Are there, is there equipment that you want to see? Um, are there people that you want to network with? This kind of stuff. And my first impression was there was a lot of stuff. It wasn't bad. I mean, I know in your years prior, it's probably like about half of what it was right now because we're still coming back from COVID and all, but there were a lot of fucking people and mm-hmm. there were um, a decent amount of vendors. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, um, it wasn't like uh, Long Beach. I don't know that it ever is though. No. Um, but close. there was, um, there's definitely some stuff to, to, to see and check out. And so that's what we did. Yeah. We kind of went through the show real quickly and then we ended up going to the MR booth and I feel like we were there almost all day other than we went over and talked to Anatol for a while. Um, but I had a lot of really good conversations with people just like, um, other shop owners coming through the MNR booth. Like we weren't there. We didn't have to be there by any means. So we were just hanging out there because all of our friends were hanging out there. Um, but I talked to so many people about like different stuff, like, Oh, what, what auto should I get? And you know, what I'm debating between multiple places. And the one was, I think it was the next day, but I was talking, we were talking to that kid about uh, how we wanted to go from, his uh basement like printing manually to buying an auto and getting a new storefront or warehouse or something and then mm-hmm. we talked to the talked sense and we're like dude like maybe slow it down and uh go about this the right way because i feel like he was going for through multiple um vendors to see like oh i want this auto i want this auto or whatever and i i get where he's at like i was there where you kind of want to just like leap forward and um jump into the industry and be like all right well you know i'm sick of this basement thing i want to grow and you're like all right let's get the storefront get this auto get two employees like all this other stuff and it's like dude slow down like you're gonna go in too deep and you're not gonna be able to afford it or right and this guy you're talking to and i I, i'm bad because i don't remember his name but i do know that he has a youtube channel and like it's a pretty nice YouTube channel. It's called B A A V, right? Hang on a second. Um, he's 22 years old. He's in his basement, just like you said, and he's got this really nice manual shop. He makes videos that a lot of fucking people watch. It's called B A A V Productions, and he was exactly what you're talking about. He's like getting ready to make the leap, um, go out of the basement, and you know he wants to automate. And, um, that means that you can't really be in your house anymore, you know, unless you have, a, you know, like a certain setup, like a, something like a shop you could build out back or whatever. And so right. he's, it's kind of have to do it all at once. You know, it's kind of a scary thing. You've got to get a, you have to purchase an auto, you have to sign a lease and then you have to get a compressor and all those other things, you know? And so it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, but he sounds anyway, um, like he's doing, doing the, you know, right. He's got this, he's documenting his process on, on YouTube. And I mean, it's pretty cool. And so, yeah, we talked to a lot of people like that, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, unlike you, how you said you didn't have to be at the booth. Um, they really don't want you there for me though. They wanted me to be there. And Tom was like, right. Hey, please stick around our booth. We really, really want right. you here. I was bringing it down. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I hung out there, um, for quite a while and, actually had it wasn't talked, that day we talked a lot of shit with jimmy 
That was fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like at one point, um, I was wearing, he was printing on the Rival, and I was wearing one of those shirts that he printed. And I was like, yeah, man, like this, um, you know, somebody came up to me and said, like, who printed that shirt? And it fucking sucks. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, gave him shit like that all the time. But, you know, it's, it was really, it was a cool shirt. And actually, the Rival is, for those of you who don't know or haven't seen it, it is, um, and you're going to probably have to help me here because it's global. It's called MNR Global. Yeah, right? MNR Global. Yeah. And they're, they're presses that MNR sells overseas for the most part. Mm-hmm, right. And they have decided to bring them to North America and they have put Jimmy on task to just make it better. And so that's what he's doing. And that's what we got to see. Um, on... It's just it's just originally set up to be for the standards that are overseas. And mm-hmm. bringing it over here means, you know, switching a lot of things up, like putting M&R pallets on it and like the standard pallets that we're used to over here and changing some things up and the control panel and whatnot. And uh, yeah, we got to see it running. Uh, I saw it running in M&R a little while ago, but it wasn't quite ready. And at the show, it was... It was awesome. It was all. It was, and it is, it is ready. And now it can try lock and all those sorts of things. I think it's going to price definitely below a Cobra and probably below or near a sportsman. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's but the thing. But it's compact. Um, I'm going to be honest. It was a way better press than I thought. I had never seen one. I didn't know what to expect. It's beefy. It It's smooth. It's really fucking Super smooth. Super smooth, yeah. Um, it has some neat features and functions, but of course, everyone knows that it looks like a rock. And that's because of its origins. That's where it... It's it, the European style. It's how it, how it developed, right? Um, which is sort of like, um, I don't know. It was, it's, a, it's a different... I think I understand the move or where MNR is trying to go with it, but you know, I'm proud of the Cobra. I am proud of the Ecotext. I'm proud of my Sportsman. I'm proud of my 3140. I'm proud of my fucking everything I have here. But I don't know. Uh, like I said, I can print on that machine I'm, and I, it looks very capable. But I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> I'm being honest. I, 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 yeah. I, um, this is why, because M&R um, are fucking innovators. And I don't want them to be accused of not being in this case, and that 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 hurts. And so it's a little little tinge for you. Yeah, I don't like. I don't it. know. I I personally looked at it because I I, I want to put equipment in my shop that makes sense. And again, a lot of the times when I talk about stuff on here, I'm talking about my shop, and uh, I do have some space limitations in my shop because mm-hmm. I own the building. I don't want to move. Um, so I want to make things as efficient as possible. And I have my original first auto I bought was my sportsman. And I've probably had that thing for six, seven years now. And there's nothing wrong with it at all. I just look at the gauntlet and how it's heads down and how smooth it is. And, you know, I kind of want to upgrade my sportsman. So I'm like, all right, well, if I sell that arrival makes a lot of sense to put there because it's more compact and I could put a 10 color rival in the place of my eight color sportsman. Gain two um, colors. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it takes up the same amount of space and it's mm-hmm. heads down and it's super fucking smooth. Um, so I'm kind of, like I said, I, I want to replace it with a rival and I'm excited about it. It is a different right. style press for sure. Like it's got different squeegees and flood bars, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Cause we'll just keep it over there. Same um, screen size though. And things like same that. Screen, so. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's same palettes. It's you're going to have MNR service and support and everything you would have with any other press. Right. Um, so I'm excited about it. I mean, it is different. It does have that European style that looks like MHM and it also looks like rock, but it, you know, it's beefy as fuck. It's like welded steel. It's solid. 100%. Um, so I'm really excited for it. Uh, I'm in talks of, you know, possibly getting one. So we'll, we'll see how it goes, but it's a new thing. You know, it just came mm-hmm. out like literally this was its first show first appearance. So we'll see how it goes. Right. Well put. Um, yeah. Um, well, and as the afternoon progressed, then at four or five or whatever, um, towards the end of the show, then there was the MNR Blue Crew first ever, right? Mm-hmm. MNR Blue Crew meetup and the first happy hour in a couple of years for MNR. Mm-hmm. And it was a total success. Like it was, yeah, a party. It was awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Real good appetizers and good drinks, and it was packed. And uh, yeah, it was a real good time. Um, got to see a lot of people there. There's a lot of MNR people. Uh, There's people from everywhere, though. There were rock people there. There was Anatol people there. It was just yeah, it was totally open. Anyone and everyone who just wanted to hang out and talk and shoot the shit and drink. So um, thank you, MNR, for putting that on. Yeah. Um, you didn't really even nice. have to screen print. You could be a. Um... You could be a bum off the street. Yeah. With a sure. wristband. Come on over. Let's yeah, come hang on out. Man. Talk about life. And then after the meetup, we went back to Andy was so gracious to make uh, reservations at I, I can never remember what that place was called. <laughs> El, like El Milton Molino, or something? Molino? Molino, New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very, Italian, very nice place. Like steak, pasta yeah. type place. High yeah. class place. Yeah. And, and they mean, gave us they gave us a room in the back all to ourselves. Private. Private room with a private sax player. <laughs> yeah. And that was amazing. Who, who if you gave him enough money, he would play anything like Metallica. He could play nine, nine inch nails, nails and Metallica. Right. Yeah. Um right. yeah, it was amazing. And this dude mm-hmm. came in when we first got there and tried to tell us all the specials and like what was great on the menu and all this other stuff. And nobody understood a word he said. That's all he did though. Like, I think that's all he does at that yeah. restaurant is he announces the specials with this really thick accent. Yeah. That, that sounds, he makes it all sounds like amazing. You know what I mean? When he says, <laughs> he goes, like, I just, you know, I just remember everyone was looking at each other. Like, do you know what he's saying? I have I, no idea I, what he's saying. I kind of did. I kind of, I was picking it up. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was figuring it Ron out. Knew. It sounded, it's yeah, and when he was saying it, I was like, "Man, I want that." And he was saying nothing like, "I want that." Every time he all said I heard something, was I like meatballs every so often. Yeah. and I was like, and then he know. left, and like that was all he did. Like, and then other people did the things. You know, he just announced the stuff. Yeah, and then um, the one dude comes over and he's like, "Oh, you guys want to try some stuff family style?" And you were like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, let's get this, this, and this." And the family style apps were enough. Like we could have stopped. Yeah. No entrees needed. <laughs> yeah. Just kept bringing out everything. It was, mm-hmm. it was great though. You know, yeah. it was fun. Yeah. The was meal fun. was amazing. Everything <laughs> about that place was really good. The wine, the, the food. We got to hang out with a bunch of friends. Oh, actually. And you've got, we got a, um, 
we got champagne for the table like mm-hmm. this. You couldn't even see the ends of the table. There were so many people in there, mm-hmm. but we all did a toast. We didn't, we toasted to, um, screen printing. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Screen printing. That was a good time. What did we do after? We just went gambling again, didn't we? Afterwards. Dude, this last know. week, this weekend is a blur. Like I have no idea mm. what happened on what day. Did we leave that or did we, we went gambling? Oh yeah, we went gambling with Nick and Marcotte and Steven. <laughs> yeah, I was standing there and Nick Wood comes i see him approaching me getting closer and closer and then he puts a hundred dollar bill down my shirt he, no he and was then, hanging out with us and he was like well we're gonna do this so yeah let's let's gamble here and we're like all right yeah hell yeah nick and then he goes to the atm comes back with a stack of hundreds <laughs> puts one in everyone's pocket he's like one for yeah. you one for you one mm-hmm. for you and me and a couple of people are looking at each other like aj and we're all like what the hell are you doing nick and uh I, I took I took a couple hundreds from some people and put them in my pocket, and I was like, "I'm just gonna wait until he's like awake again, or I'll, you know, like right the next normal day. the next day." So I come up to him at the show the next day, and I'm like, "Here, Nick," and I like grab his hand and I I give him 300 bucks. He's like, "Whoa, what's this for?" I was like, <laughs> "Nick, this is your money." <laughs> I gave him mine back too. That it was tough. I should have waited to the next day, but I did it like a few minutes later. I'm like, hey, here's 100 bucks. Just play for me, whatever you win. Like, we'll maybe we'll split that or something. He's like, okay, okay, man. But I don't think he won anything. Such a good dude. I love Nick so much. Such, such a great dude. And he always makes you feel good about yourself, you know? Um, mm-hmm. he, he's the guy to call if you're, you know, if you're down in the dumps or something, give Nick a oh, call. Hype man for sure. I actually emailed him. Um, the morning that we were leaving because the motherfucker like bought dinner the next night too. Mm-hmm. Like for, I don't know how many people were there. I can't even count how many. I think he, him and, and Steven split it. Is that what happened? I think so. Well. And if that didn't, sorry, Nick, I'm taking that away from you and Steven, you're welcome. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure they split it. I I mean. Well, they were pissed I, at I, us I, for covering the first night. Is that okay? Um, But yeah, so he got, so we ate the night, that night was... <laughs> We're kind of skipping ahead. So that was day three. And man, day three, you know what I would call like day three was basically because we had covered the show, you know, um, we, we pretty much knew the show. And yeah, we hung out at the MNR booth for a lot of day three, too. But that was when the uh, Print Girl Mafia were speaking at Ink Kitchen. And so they all went like there was five of them, maybe six. I can't remember. And they went up and talked to Rick. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> No, that was really good. And a lot of people came for that. So I'm very proud of them for for doing everything. And it was funny too, because Rick was like, you know, it's a it's a touchy subject. You know, they were talking about how they feel like women are, you know, kind of underappreciated or not shown as much in the industry or taken seriously. And Rick was trying to navigate it as best he could. And the best part by far was when uh christina pulled out the lightning bolt dagger and said that they were for for murder um so that was amazing and yeah uh, i mean they they i think that it's true this is a male dominated maybe dominated is the wrong word because it's not like we're i don't think that most men there are a, there are a lot of women in this industry there are 
But I don't think that most men are trying to like keep women out or anything even close to that. I'm sure there are some, right? That's just how it works in the world. But as a woman, like I, I think that they 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 see it and they feel it and they experience this industry differently. Obviously, mm -hmm. they do, you know. And so um, they brought stories of how sort of they were treated and how they're treated sometimes, and it's really good to hear that kind of stuff. And so. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the Print Girl Mafia, we had them on the show a month or so ago, and they, they sort of talked about what they're about. And, mm -hmm. and um, you know, it's just, they're all our friends and they, and they, um, and what's great is like, it's growing. And so they actually had a booth there, right? And so they had a booth where um, if you wanted to go talk to them and join the group, well, then you could do that and, and get, um, you know, like feel like part of a group because I was talking to somebody and she was like, um, while, like right when that uh, talk ended and she was like, you know, it's, it's really cool because as a woman, like I would come to these, I, I came to one of these conventions before and I didn't know anyone and I'm here by myself. And then you kind of just walk through and look at things and then go back to the hotel and that's it. Now, you know, you have this group of, of girls and you can um, identify with, and it's a really cool like support group, you mm -hmm. know, and not only just to share, um, like, like we do with shop hacks and stuff like, Hey, I'm having trouble on finding a Richardson hat or whatever. How do you, what do you use that kind of stuff, but also just, you know, support in all the other ways it takes all that support you need is just as, as being an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. I mean, you and I, and everybody, most people listening know what that's like. It's, it's not easy. So they're also trying to do some good too. They were saying that every mm -hmm. show they go to, they're trying to find some kind of charity nearby too. Oh yeah. Um, Come on. That's how about that? Yeah, like calling SNS or Saint Mar or whatever, and say, "Hey, there's a women's shelter or something in this area that needs help. Will you donate? You know, whatever X amount of bags and shirts or whatever, so that they have fresh clothes and bags and whatnot." So right, um, but I mean, as nice as that is, the most important thing that they did is uh, make make this. Mm -hmm. It's their uh, PGM logo pin. And it's covered in purple glitter, so I kept mine in plastic because <laughs> glitter yep. is oh. evil. Oh, oh, oh! And I got some new ink in New Jersey. That's oh fuck! It's is gone. It, Hold on. Gone? <laughs> There's none like of a it left. Mark. Yeah, you just look like you got a burn mark on your neck. Yeah, I got um, Print Girl Mafia um, tattooed Branded. on my neck. Of course, um, we were gonna cut the mafia part off. Just put Print Girl. Yeah, you know. Mm -hmm. the whole thing um but that was that was and which by the way i forgot to mention is joanne she was on that panel she was up there in the kitchen kicking ass yeah kicking ass and she worked the booth you know and so she, they answered questions people would come up and and they would um make new friends and so that was really cool for them um and then afterwards after the whole show then they also had a um, meetup a meetup yeah they had a happy hour at the same place Mm -hmm. it was just easy. It was right across the street. Yep. And that was, <clears throat> that was really successful too. And, um, again, got to hang out with a bunch of new faces. Um, so that was great. So if you are a woman listener, uh, and you want to, you know, meet up with some girls and talk shop with them and whatnot, you should, uh, hit them up. Was it at print girl mafia? Yeah. Just at print girl mafia. How easy is that? That's smart. Then we did what? What did we do after that? 
We just oh, well, that's when we, here. okay. That's when we walked over to um, Crafted Wing, Craft Wing. Oh, yeah. Wings, yeah. Wing Place. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> that's the meal that Nick, and apparently Stephen, which I didn't know. So Stephen, thank you. I had no idea. So me Nick and John uh, are sitting there and we both were talking about how badly we wanted chicken wings because this is a chicken wing place. And uh, the lady comes over to order, take our order. And me and John are both like, yeah. Like I was like, yeah, I want 18 wings, mild, extra crispy. And then John was like, yeah, I want 18 wings, uh, half, I can't remember what it was. It was like half barbecue, half Buffalo or something. And she looked at him and she was like, if you do that, you have to do sauce on the side. And he was like, what? And she's like, yeah, sauce on the side. He's like, all right, well, whatever. And then we were talking, we're like, what the fuck is this wing place where they put sauce on the side? It doesn't make any sense at all. Um, and they bring my wings out and they're like fully normal, like tossed in like mild sauce. And John's are dry ass wings with like two tiny cups of sauce on the side. And he's like, what the fuck? Why is your sauce and mine is it? <laughs> so I guess if you order two different sauces, they don't sauce them. But yeah, but was, he, didn't really he was very upset about it. <laughs> um, what did I get? I got the, I was going to get the Mac Daddy burger with Jimmy. We had just like, we made a pact. And we're like, yeah, that's the burger we're getting. And then he changed it on me. I heard him order. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And so then I got whatever he got. It was mm-hmm. South Jersey's number one burger, voted mm-hmm. number one burger. And it was pretty good. I was sitting next to Amanda from Black Rifle and we were talking and uh, she was giving me shit for how I ate my chicken wings. Hey, I asked for extra crispy. Like I like chicken wings and if they're extra crispy, I'll eat like a shitload of the wing, like almost all of it. But if they're like undercooked and they're like gooey on the outside. I was like avoiding the ends of the wing because they were just like grisly grossness. Um, so she gave me shit. And then I watched her do the whole like grab a wing, crush it on the table and just like devour it to where there's like tiny little bones left. So I was very proud of her for that. Um, and then, yeah, it was, a, it was a good dinner, good times, good hangout. And then, you know what I thought was funny at all these meetups or even at the show? was there's always people who come up to us that listen to the show and they didn't know this didn't happen to me, but it happened to you twice. Didn't it? Where they asked which was which. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mean <laughs> our names? Yeah. They're like, they're hey, like, are you, are you Dylan or Dylan? Andy? Yeah. <laughs> I think because maybe they listen to it and not, yeah, but watch if you it. listen to it all the time, when you be able to like recognize the voice, it's like a radio guy starts talking. You're like, Oh, that's that guy. <sighs> um, well, I don't know. Maybe not. Apparently not, because they just they were <laughs> like, "Are you the cool one?" And I'm like, "That is me." They're like, "Andy, yeah." I'm like, "That's right, Andy." It's right. Me. And that's basically how it went. Uh, oh yeah, you know what was really cool is that um, they had a cobra there with a digital squeegee, mm-hmm. and um, so I got to see. It was like the exact press I have. Um, and I, so, so I was able to see sort of what, how it would run and function with a digital squeegee on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and cause it you know, they take out, yeah, with the fogger and they were printing water base and they had one, two, three. So they took out heads, like, I think it was seven, eight, nine. It takes up three, three stations or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but just to see that run, but was, what was really cool was that a couple of times I got to demo you know, that press, not, not with the digital squeegee, but just things about it. Cause there was this yeah. guy, um, denial. What, what's his name from denial? Do you remember? 
I, it's hard for me to remember names. I remember shop names way better than I remember. Oh yeah. Yeah. Me too. So um, thanks for people's names. <laughs> <laughs> he was a really nice guy and we started talking and somebody had told him that the chili D X can't be controlled from the Cobra's, you know, print screen. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait a second. Yeah, I totally can. I mean, well, well, you can't control the temperature. You, you definitely can control uh, the time and things like that, because, you know, there's a button on there, you push it. So let's say you're, you're printing and you stop for a second and you know how quartz, they cool down just a little. And so you want to heat them up and you want to be able to preheat. And before you start again, he was told that you can't do that. And th- that's not true. And so I showed him, I turned on the flash and I showed him on the screen, how to, how to preheat and adjust the time and everything like that. Because, mm-hmm. you know, some people it's weird, you know, you get information and sometimes it's misinformation and, and you're trying to make decisions on what press to buy. And that's why it's sometimes the best to be able to be at a show and see it with your own eyes, like work, <laughs> you know, that is the best part about the shows. If you're there mm-hmm. for the show itself is to just see the equipment running and the people running it can actually like walk you through. Like, this is why this is set up this way. Mm-hmm. Or this is, this is you face-to-face seeing it run. Right. Um, Which, by the way, there was two people that I met um, from MNR that I really hadn't... Um, I think maybe I've seen them before, but I had no idea what their roles were or anything like that. But um, Cody and Matt, mm-hmm. they were like... Not geniuses, like two... They're, they're wizards. Wizard. They're, exactly. A mm-hmm. genius. Like, if I called them a genius, it'd be an insult. You know, they're like wizards. And they were there. They had these guys there. Was like, and I think they're like the newer, like a different generation. You know what I mean? Because, man, I don't know. They were, they knew their shit. And me, in fact, Steven uh, and I and Cody and, and Jimmy and Matt, I don't know, a couple of people were there. We got into this huge discussion on, I think it was on the Maverick, like on um, pre-treatment and they had lots of thoughts and they're working on lots of cool shit. So, so yeah. Do you share any of it or is it all stuff they're working on? I think Steven was asking, Steven Campus Inc was asking, why can't, you know how, when you pre-treat a shirt, you, there's a pre-treat, that's like the worst part of the process, right? Nobody wants to fucking pre-treat. It's Mm -hmm. just the worst. And so you can buy pre pre pre-treated shirts but you're limited on like how many colors and all this stuff. What and so, carry it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and so you want to be able to pre-treat, I guess at your shop, but you want it to be really, really easy. And so now what it is, is you, you pre-treat this giant rectangle on a shirt and then you press it and you can see the rectangle basically. And that's not desirable. Like that's, that's no good. Right. And so Steven was like, Hey, why can't you, why can't one of the heads, or why can't you have a machine that, you know, is in a print head, just like it is with the digital squeegee or with maybe the Maverick, you know, the DTG machine, why can't you print the adhesive, you know, right where it's only like where the image is. And so like, let's say you had an image that was, let's say you're you want to print pre-treat as an underpiece. Yes. Like, and, but, and you can, and you can go over, like you can spray, there can be some overspray by, um, yeah, you know, like a quarter inch or even like whatever, because it's clear. Or something. Yeah, let's pretend yeah. it's clear. Like that, everybody, everybody would be cool if there was like this is clear, you know, outline. But then, why can't you pre-treat? You know, if you're talking about like the Polaris or something or whatever their new press is, why can't you load a shirt, have it index, pre-treat it, have it index, you know, um, heat press it, 
and then have an index and then, you know, do what you got to do. Um, I guess either de- um, digital squeegee or, or whatever. What was, and so what was um, the consensus on that? I think it was that, that, too wet. that, that adhesive clogs that adhesive, you know, it, do, it just doesn't behave like um, the inks do, you know what I'm saying? And so you have, they have constant issues with it clogging. So I don't know, but it was a really good question because that, like, if you could do that, if you could load a shirt on to the Maverick or whatever DTG machine, doesn't matter. And it could just pre-treat it there. <clears throat> I would actually buy a fucking DTG machine again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it was such a hassle. Pre-treating is a hassle. And then having that square and dealing with that, you know, is a hassle and just everything else. And so mm-hmm. I really like that idea. But, but, but their answers were like so in-depth with lots of extreme knowledge that um i was just really impressed and so I'm, yeah. I, I really those guys are those R&Ding guys. like every day yeah right wouldn't that be fun to work there and do that shit yeah yeah it would yeah well i mean that's the thing though you know they're in it all day long and then someone like us comes along or whatever and says hey why can't you do it this way and they're like oh fuck like that makes sense right and then they try new stuff and then they make it work for us that's what like you were saying before like m and r are innovators so they're working on that shit all the time to make stuff better it's like making the players or making whatever. All right. Um, I saw, um, for those interested in reclaim, you know, the options, right? There's, well, there's the Ecotex. I think it's probably the most expensive option. Um, it works really well. It's high volume. Um, um, those are some, some pros, some cons are that it's, really expensive it's giant you know it's ginormous um i don't know i can't remember how how big it is but it's i want to say you're, you're gonna need like 30 it's like feet. 20 i think it's 27 or 25 feet or yeah. something like that you need a lot of space um it works really well no doubt about it it's built like a tank it's gonna last forever and you can absolutely you know clean screens all day long with it um there's a lotus holland i've never used it but a lot of shops have it um it's uh less money it uses brushes which is different than um, the MNR version. There is the one that you have, the Blue Water, mm-hmm. um, and it has a little different um, sort of uh, philosophy, I guess, in that it it's a dip tank one, and so which I really like because a lot of the problems with these auto reclaims no are timing. Issues. Yeah, it's you're you're trying to time your reclaim, you know, perfectly, and that can can present problems. It's, it, you can definitely dial it in like we have, but it's just, you have to stay on top of it. But the dip tank solution is really neat. And that's what yours does. And also yours has a, uh, the blue water, I should say, um, has Very a nice. drying. Yeah. Like it dry. And I don't know if it dries it all the way, but it gets it pretty dry. Right. Gets rid of all the like drips. They're moist mm-hmm. still, but there's the drips are the issue. So mm-hmm. that's why it gets rid moist. of all the water. Moist. So moist. Moist and creamy. Kind of moisty. Yeah. Um, but that's really neat because um in fact i talked to alex i'm like hey can you build me a drying uh conveyor thingy and he says yeah but you might as well you know basically just sell your ecotext and get my my machine (laughs) (laughs) right um and so uh but we what we did do is I've, i've said this a few times is frank um built us some way better racks and we and we our drawing has greatly improved. And so I'm going to see how that goes. You went from horizontal to vertical so that you oh, didn't dude, have drips like, on your screen. And not just that, but it's also spaced and everything. It's, mm-hmm. it's a wonderful thing. Yeah. 
Um, but then I saw, and there's another one and I'm, there's a bunch, there's terrible. a CCI one, there's an impro there's, yes, that's the one I was trying to remember, the impro. Yeah. And then there is the auto blaster <laughs> from, from hydro. You buy it at 1-800. Auto blaster. Dot net. Well, that'd be a website, not 1-800. So, but yeah. Um, and it's, it was there and it wasn't, um, they weren't demoing it, although they had it set up and everything. Um, I saw it and I talked to that dude for probably um, almost an hour. And so, um, I don't know. I just thought I would mention it because it was one of the neater things I saw there because I know how everyone struggles without a reclaim mm -hmm. and why I thought it was needed because it's, it's just priced low, uh, for auto reclaim. It's 35 K it, um, I'm not endorsing it by any means. So don't like go out and buy this and then say, Andy, this fucking sucks. I hate you. I'm just saying you may want to check it out as one of your options. And so I don't know your budget. I don't know what kind of like space you have because it's pretty small, but it would just work off the same kind of um, situation where you just put it in a dip tank, run it through the thing. It comes out the other end. Um, what I was confused about is how um, you got, rid of any sort of haze or staining you know how it does that but maybe they haven't figured out so it's just worth looking at is all i'm trying to say mm -hmm. um because we're trying to bring you know like stuff we saw some cool stuff we saw so i'd like to see it in action like in you know like real world in a shop somewhere just that's the telling I... yeah that's what everyone wants is they want right. to know somebody who uses it mm -hmm. I mean, oh yeah, and it can do like one a minute. So I mean, it just depends. Like, what's your budget? Are you, and also, and to what extent do you want to have it automated? And so I think there's that's sort of it too. Is there's different levels of, you know, automation with these things. I think a lot of it isn't necessarily <clears throat> what's your budget, but it's like what what is it actually needed for? Like, are you just trying to do it because you hate cleaning screens and you just want to get your face out of it? Or do you actually need to like keep up with like a fuckload of screens a day? So something like that, I feel like might not be great for somebody who's trying to do like a hundred screens a day. It might be great for the dude who's like, I I'm in the shop by myself where there's three employees and they just don't want to clean screens. Um, and you could um, easily run like 20 or 30 through and, right, and way done. faster. You're saying, right. yeah, yeah. Get your face out of it. And, you know, a lot of people, they're like, well, 35K, that's just way too, you know, look, I'll just buy a power washer and bust these things out. But as you scale and as you get busier, I think, and also in these times where it's even harder to find, in, you know, employees and keep them. and It's one employee's wage for a year, basically. So if you can true. get that, then you're going to save yourself another employee. And right. it's going to pay itself off in a year. There you go. So, I mean, maybe that's the perfect machine for you. It's definitely, like you said, if you're in higher volume and things like this, maybe it's not. And I don't know how, you know, you can, it's just good to see really grow. more competitors and more options. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, did you see anything there like that, you know, that stood out like that? Honestly, I didn't walk the whole show that much. I was just more there to talk to people. Um, I did walk by Saudi and I've seen the laser a bunch of times, but <laughs> yeah. just see, seeing it um is always good i do you're like to, i do want to talk to them more i think you saw wasn't it the boner maker 3000 the boner maker 3000 is what we called it yeah um <laughs> i did like i do like seeing that thing um 
But other than that, I mean, we talked to Anatol for a while and uh, checked out their press, and that press is pretty sweet. They have a nice dryer. Um, What was that dryer? Like a ceramic? Or was it? Yeah, they were. They were telling me about it, and they were saying that it was uh, had like ceramic heating elements in it, so that it had a more Mm -hmm. consistent heat, and it wasn't like uh, IR panels. Um, And it was priced pretty well. Uh, it was sleek and it had uh, like recipes and it had like a digital, yeah, like a digital yeah. had a digital interface that mm-hmm. you could you know, program recipes. I think it had a couple feet on the in feed, a couple on the out. It was like 11 feet it, long. It was legit. Yeah. I mean, it's a perfect dryer for, you know, if you're running, actually it was probably like the perfect dryer for that press. You know, if I had a volt with that situation with the one, um, the load offload is like, the same station. Mm-hmm. You can pop up the seventh head or whatever it was there. Um, but it's at that, like that dryer could definitely handle the volume of a single press operator. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean, if you have electric, like if you don't have gas or something and you want it, you need an electric dryer. Well, that's, that's the one there. It wasn't forced air though, which I would, I would be cautious about because. They did have um, an upgradable right. version with forced air. Right. And so you may want to look at that uh, forced air. It does a lot for you, that forced air. Yeah, it just depends on what you're trying to do. Um, but yeah, that that press in general, I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff that Anatol's making. That that press had all um digital print heads. So you could have like a little digital screen with all your controls on the end. Um, I thought it was cool the way that they make it all electric to where the screen clamps on the side are kind of like a manual lever. That, I didn't like, see that the screen sound on the side. Huh. Um it's just kind of cool seeing the way different companies make things differently um but it runs i mean it's super quiet super smooth so like no air compressor needed um it's cool I, I like seeing what they're doing the other thing that they do that i didn't realize is they'll they'll custom color they'll custom paint anything <laughs> he's like yeah you want this press to be yellow we'll make it yellow you want it to be two-tone you want like yellow on top and purple on the bottom like they'll paint it like whatever do you want it you want. do you want it brown well, what he was saying to me is like, you want to you want to buy this dryer? I'll paint it blue. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, yeah, well, that's cool. Um, but yeah, they have a lot of cool stuff coming out. Um, and Frank was there actually at their booth. Yeah, Frank was. They had his screens, um, and he had that shirt that I demoed that talked about thin thread. That I you didn't could... get one either. Fuck. Well, it's. It's a pretty neat, um, it's on our Instagram. I posted it. It's like, I did a side-by-side, you know, I did a, I did a 158 standard mesh next to a 158, uh, thin thread. And, um, like the, the idea behind it is, is just a single stroke because we always want to just do one stroke. We don't want to wait for a, for a second or a third or anything like that. We want to print it one time and then move on. And so, um, on your underbase specifically, thin thread um we think anyway thin thread is the only way to do it because um otherwise if you're trying to print in it with a single stroke in your standard mesh then you're going to have to increase your pressure and you're going to have to do slow down your squeegee and all these kind of things you don't want to do i saw this thing on um facebook just the other day and they're like hey um i'm getting pressure marks on my shirt i tried rounding the corners of my squeegee mm-hmm. you know thinking that's that's like what's doing it or what's causing it and it hasn't helped uh, you know, you know, I need help. How, what, what do I do? And honestly, the thing you need to do is, is to print with less pressure and the, mm-hmm. and the best, fastest, easiest way to get to that is, um, with thin thread. 
If you have retentionables, then of course, tension is going to help you out because you don't need to print as with as much pressure. But um, but thin thread is a is a is a really good answer. And so call and Frank. Frank thin thread would be best. And no other fuck. Don't fucking order. Are you kidding me? There, I didn't even know there was any other thin thread. <laughs> yeah, only that's Frank's. it. But no, I mean, you made it. But like me seeing it from the outside, like I knew you made it, but like just seeing it there mm-hmm. is, it's a really great representation to see what's possible and what, you know, those hydro screens or whatever are capable of. Um, so yeah, you should definitely do your own tests. I feel like not enough people do that. You know, a lot of um, printers out there, I feel like just try to go with what they hear and not actually do their own tests, but like something like you did, like with that is perfect example to show not only you, but like your staff, like, you know, we've talked about this before, but like me learning something, but I sit in my office all day. I'm not out on the production floor. I go out and say, Hey, I learned this thing on the internet. Uh, do it this way from now on. And they're like, fuck that. Like, that's not how I do it. I do it this way. But to be like, all right, you know, who, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so production manager stay with me after work today. Let's do some tests. And then you're like, okay, like here's a hydro mesh screen and here's a standard mesh screen. Let's do some tests and right. I can prove to you right now, like this is going to be a better option for the shop and a better option in quality and everything else. And right. when they can see the actual results, and that's fun. Like, like that's no fun brainer. as shit to do that stuff, yeah. you know, isn't it? And I think yeah. that, and like the, the best example of that is, you know, when we were trying to find what we thought was we need a, br- a brighter white, we, we were blaming it on the ink. Like this is this fucking ink's fault. I need a brighter white. Let's let's buy different, you know, a whole bunch of different kinds and see which one's the brightest. The truth of the matter is, is that you and I both know that if you could give us any white, basically, and we could make them look like each other, you know, Mm -hmm. by doing different things. Like we could, um, if you're printing your white right, you can make them look like each other. And so it's way, way, way more about how you're printing than the ink that you're printing. And so if you're having problems with um, a an underbase white or a PFP trying to get your white bright, it's usually not your ink. Mm-hmm. Sure, there's some shitty ink out there. I'm not saying there's not. But in most cases, it's how you're printing it. And so, um, and if you get it and, you know, and to compare one brand to a next side by side, it's pretty tough because there's different you know, properties of that ink. And so you may have to, like, in other words, like if I had two different whites, I could, I may have to print one with maybe a little bit different angle, you know, I may have. And so it just, they perform differently. And so um, that's just what I mean. And I think that's what you were trying to get at too, is like, get those inks in your shop or whatever it is that you're trying to test, get them in your shop and play with it. Just like, just like you said. And so play with your angles, play with your pressures, play with your squeegee speeds and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I, you know, Peter, well, I was at MNR once and had a meeting with Peter Walsh and he was kind of gave me an example. I'm going to butcher, but like, I think it was like an analogy of like, okay, you have a four color manual in your shop and you're trying to educate, you know, customers or your shop or whatever. And they were like, all right, we're going to test these whites. And then you go, you put four screens on your four palettes and you print each one and the white looks different on each one. And they're like, oh, well, this white's better. Well, really, they were all the exact same white in the same screens, but the difference was the actual screen mesh or the squeegee angle for each one. So, like, the first one you print might have really low tension. 
The second one you print might have really high tension, but your squeegee angle is wrong. And then, you know, he did it differently in each one. And the third one may have different EOM. Right. You know, totally changes like, the game. And then you can look and be like, oh, well, this one's the best white. And you're like, well, actually, they're all the exact same white. It's same, same. Uh, when you say the exact same bucket, they came right out of the same bucket. Just right. different. It's just right, different exactly. variables for each one are giving you different results. 100%. So it's nine times out of 10, it's not the white, it's the variables. You're not looking at the screen. You're not looking at your angles. You're using dull squeegees and yep, so on. So um, test that shit. So, so, oh, I saw, so we saw Kevin from Chromaline. Mm-hmm. He actually had a seminar and he recorded, or somebody did record, they put up a, like a camera and recorded it. And he posted a bunch of the different um, like slices. What's the right word for that? Clips. Clips from that from that what was it called seminar Sem- seminar mm-hmm. and he put them on instagram and one of them that i loved was the coder. um the coder because i did this i made this mistake years and years ago is that i was like oh i want my um i want my scoop coder to be go from like edge to fucking edge because i want i don't want to have to worry about the tape right that was my and it's good like that's a good way to think. Like I don't want to have to worry about taping this part. I'm going to code it from edge to edge. But guess what? When he said, made so much sense. He's like, so if you do that, your screens, uh, the tension at the edges is higher than the tension it is in the middle. And so when you go to coat your screen, it's the EOM, or you're putting more emulsion down in the middle than you are on the edges. And so then when you go to expose your screen, well then, you know, you're exposing it. Um, You're overexposing the outside and underexposing the center. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, like, another thing about these conventions are exactly that. No matter how experienced you are as a print shop or as a printer or whatever, you take one of those. I guarantee you, because I wanted to go to Kevin's seminar and we just didn't make it over we time because we were pieces not. of shit. <laughs> we slept. Yeah, we stayed out till four. Um, we we're not making it in. So next time, hey Kevin, will you make yours later in the day for us? Because yeah, I really want to hit the hell. What's wrong with you? But I want to. Um, oh, like no, I was going to say it's like no matter what, if you're a beginner, if you're intermediate, if you're advanced or whatever, a master printer, if there's such a thing. Sitting in on a class like that, you're just like, oh yeah, like duh. You you, you know, like there's so many things to know and learn that you forget sometimes. Some of the there's basics. always stupid shit too. You know what I mean? You could be like, I know how to code a screen, and then something like that, <laughs> right. or you know, they're like, right. oh, use this little tool for this thing, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh fuck, and like I've been doing it this way for years, and that would totally help. And why does he know it? Because he's a fucking expert. He's a guru. Yeah, yeah, that's it. He is a guru. Yeah, I, d- I didn't mean to insult him by the expert part. He's actually a guru. Yeah, that's right, what he is. Right. And I'm not. Like, I, 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 there's too many things. Like, I know a lot. I know a little. I know a little about a lot. I know a lot about a little. I want to know a lot about a lot. How do I get there? Mm-hmm. Like, that's one day. Mm-hmm. One day I'll be there. That's funny. I won't um, mention the, sh- the shop, but we were having a discussion, too, in the casino. And he was telling me how you'll know this conversation when I start talking about it, how they were using retentionables, but they didn't have a screen guy and they, you, we were with Frank and we were talking about screens and I introduced them and, you know, I said, Oh, just start getting, you know, some screens from Frank. Um, but the, the part of the discussion that he was having issues with is that same thing, like you said, like you wanted to buy a scoop coder that was the full width of the screen so that you covered more and you didn't have to tape as much and whatever. 
it's the same thing when people are like, well, I have a 2331 screen, but I want to print a 20 inch tall print. Yeah, you can do a 20 inch tall print on a mm. 2331 screen. But the problem is, is the same thing. You have to start really high on your screen. You have to start and you end really low on your screen. So your screen tension at the top is going to be different than it is in the middle, which is going to be different right. at the bottom. And he was like, yeah, we're just having issues with like registration like all this stuff. I was like, yeah, that's why. It's because I was like, let me guess, your registration is out at the top and at the bottom, but it's in in the middle. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, well, that's why. It's because your screen tension is different like three different times <laughs> through your print because you're going from the very top to the middle to the bottom. I was like, we kind of figured it out to where anything over 16 inches tall we do on a 2536. So that's yep. why we have two different screen sizes is because anything over 16 tall is on a 2536 so that the actual printable image is in the center of the screen and not on the outside where it's way higher tension. Um, so that way we have, you know, better registration all, all over the place. So you that was, are a wizard. A wizard. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's stupid stuff like that, you know, that you like learn at a show, just having a conversation with some people at two in the morning in a casino while you're losing <laughs> at roulette. That's why trade shows rule. Like in my yes. opinion, you know, we had a lot of friends come out to this one that don't normally go to a trade show or go to Atlantic city just because they wanted to hang out. And it's not, yeah, you could learn stuff in the seminars uh, with Kevin or anybody, or you can learn stuff on the floor, but a lot of the knowledge is just like hanging out with people and being like, Hey, I'm having this issue. What do you think? And then, you know, everyone chimes in. It's the same with like our text groups or print girl mafia or whatever. It's like, just get in a group with a bunch of other people that are doing the same shit as you. And you mm -hmm. can brainstorm and figure shit out. Um, like how many times do we text in our groups and not get an answer? You know what I mean? Like if someone has an issue, they text about it. Someone in that group usually has an answer. If not, everyone chimes in and we collectively figure it out together. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's why the trade show stuff is important is to just education, educate yourself on a lot of different things. Yeah. It all doesn't go down inside of the convention center. An equal amount goes on wherever else you are. It doesn't have to be, casino, yeah, dinner, or the casino, or at a bar, street, or whatever. A back alley with boiled hot dogs. A strip club. Definitely. You know, so I mean, there you go. Yeah. Everything at the show was really good. As far as new stuff, we mentioned, the, you know, the new stuff M&R had, and the uh, auto- That dryer. That I forgot to mention that. They have that dryer that goes... Can you, do you know so how that decker. works? Cause I don't, what does that mean? So like, there's one that goes, it doesn't go through it and through it and through it. Right. They both just go through it one time. I'm not totally positive. Cause there was one at one point where it kind of went through about twice so that you could have space savings. Like you'd have the same amount of time in the chamber, but it was more compact. So you could fit it in a shop easier. Yeah. Like if you didn't have a long enough shop and you need all that time in that right like tunnel. it would be perfect for my shop because i would save myself a bunch of you know feet on each side it looked really cool i don't know what it was called i guess it's a sprint double decker <laughs> yeah sprint four thousand. i didn't ask enough questions about that one yeah. um but it was really awesome there was a lot of new people that we met you know there was people that we kind of knew on the internet but met face to face yep or people that we had never met before that we met that we hung out with and had a really fun time. 
I saw um, Corey from Panther. Did you? Did you get to see? Yeah. Him? Well, we talked about that. How we saw Corey, but didn't get to talk to him because we were both busy talking to other people. Yeah, I saw him, and I was like, uh, we actually shook hands. And then I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to catch up with him in a second. And then when I was done talking to whoever it was, I I messaged him. I was like, where the fuck are you? When he said, I'm gone. I was like, ah, oh, piss. Um, okay, so I just asked Jimmy, and he said it's called the 3000D. You know what that stands for? Deep dick. <laughs> Don't you love me? Like I set you up for this stuff so well. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're welcome. Mm-hmm. Did you ask him to explain what it does? Oh, oh, oh. So he says he would not recommend it unless you're running digital inks. I don't know why. I guess it does. So I guess, in other words, it's not for plastisol printing. It probably is special for, okay, so it says made for long retention times for digital products. That's kind of what we just talked about. Mm-hmm. So like if you, need it in the, if you need it in the oven longer, that's what that's for. Right, so you don't have a super long chamber. It's more. Oh, okay. okay. That's kind of why the it was going slow. So did you notice it was just kind of like, yeah, like a turtle kind of going kind of slow, mm-hmm. but so on, like if you did that to our dryer and it was going that slow, it would back up. Right. So that's why they had two, actually two layers is because it's, that's perfect. Okay. That makes sense. Got it. Um, hey, so you have any questions for me? I just got back two hours ago, so I didn't really have time to think of a question for you. Let's hear one. Let's sit oh, here wait. until I think of a question. Yeah. I can't think why you do that. What was your favorite meal that we had? Hmm. I really loved that Rice Krispie treat from Starbucks <laughs> <laughs> because I was starving to death. And I had forgot, you know, when you forget, like I bought that way earlier in the morning and I'm like, God, I'm fucking hungry. And I look over there and all they have are like hot dogs for 20 bucks. And then I open my zipper and I'm like, marshmallow treat. The best part uh, not, about whatever. that was you bringing that yeah. up was that we were at the Anatol booth and I was standing on one side of the dryer and you were on the other side of the dryer and you just didn't say anything to me. You came over and reached over the dryer and handed me half a Rice Krispie <laughs> treat. And you're like, I love I was you. Like, okay, this is amazing. And then I just <laughs> ate a Rice Krispie treat for no reason. And it was, it was, wasn't it moist? Oh, so moist. So good. Fresh. Yeah, I, I figured it had rupees <laughs> in it. That's why you gave it to me. That's why. It, um, so that was really good. That was just an you know i'm a i'm a whore for some rice kissy treats i would say i got another question for you if you hmm. had an infinite budget what's one item you would have bought from the show digital squeegee and i make fun of it all the time because i'm like oh you know like it's not screen printing and all this sort of stuff um but seeing it there in action i just think that Obviously it would, it worked like it yeah. does a good job, you know, and it's for, it would be awesome to not have to print. Um, like if we ever had anything of, I would set that up on our 14 color Cobra and I mean, you don't always have to turn it on. I mean, you can print no, one color exactly. jobs, two color yeah. jobs, whatever. You just then figure, when you the, get, figure mm-hmm. the actual like metrics of it out and be like, okay, it makes sense, you know, money wise to be like mm-hmm. anything over four colors digital anything under four colors or any like certain quantities you know there's got to be a scale to it to be like okay this makes sense here right um yeah it's awesome it's awesome tool like that's why i'm stoked to try to get it is because 
it's another nerdy fucking sweet tool to add mm-hmm. to the upstate arsenal. So, yeah, I don't know. Probably that is well, see, I, like that's that's my answer. I would buy that. Mm-hmm. Um, what is next for you? Like like right now? Yeah. What are you gonna do next after this podcast? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> probably go home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't been home yet. What do you mean? You got you drove from Lang City straight to the shop, and yeah. that's where you're at. Yeah. Oh. Dedication. And I sat here for an hour and a half waiting for you. And now we're doing this podcast. Don't don't do that. Don't make people think that I was like an hour and a half late or anything. You, you were not. I'm not saying that. Well, that's what it, you implied right there. People are like, oh, why was he? That's weird. No, What's... you were texting me being nice and courteous and a great friend and said, hey, just a reminder, podcast today at five o'clock. And I said, hey, I'm here now if you want to do it now. And you said, oh, great. I'm at Trader Joe's. Let me go home, <laughs> drop my groceries off. Mm-hmm. And I will come to the shop and we'll do this earlier. Yeah. So I sat here and I waited for you. When you asked me what was next, were you originally asking what I was doing next for the shop? No. Because I don't okay. care. Okay. So next, next question. Um, yeah. Your your turn. My turn. I don't <laughs> I don't know if I have any other questions for you. I talk to you all the time. I mean, kind of hurts my feelings. Okay. What's your next well, question for me? Because I know you got a couple. Nope. I don't. I, I tried that to think was it. Some, but I, I you tried told me to you think had questions some... and that was it. What? Just, that's such a cop out fucking question. What's next? I'm, I'm just trying to let you know how it feels. Like You I, fucking asshole. Made me feel I bad spent, for not having questions. And I your question all, was, what's next? I spent all day trying to think of a question for you, but I, I couldn't think of one. And you had, what's next? <laughs> you fucking pucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, uh, if you had an unlimited budget. You're asking me my question now. <laughs> um, um, I do like oh, that oh, question. Oh, 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 how about this? If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Oh, flight for sure. That's a pretty good one. That's probably... Or Wolverine. Probably, or what? Or Wolverine. An, oh, I thought you said or an ovary. <laughs> or be an ovary or make oval team. <laughs> Rich I haven't had an oval team, team in a really long time. It's so good. Like I want some. I need some. It's such a grandma drink. Well, Ovaltine's better than just like cocoa than like just chocolate milk because Ovaltine has vitamins and stuff and mm. minerals. Um, come on. Okay, so flying. That's your. In, that's your. You just fly. Yeah, flying would be rad. Be like, oh, I want to go to Atlantic City. I just like. And I could fucking that's kind fly of far to fly. I mean, that's just a long ass flight. And how fast are you flying? That's the thing is, I don't know. Are you like Superman flight? Because he can do like the world in like a second. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's no. I don't think you're. That's that's not very plausible. I think flight. If you could fly, it would be sort like of I like, have to flap my arms. <laughs> right. That's how you fly, isn't it? Fuck that. that would suck. I don't want I take it back. You're just gonna go, you're just gonna go psh, magically like it'd be awesome propel. if the, you got a superpower and it was flight, but what you had to do is like pencil yourself <laughs> and flutter your hands. Yeah. That would be terrible. You know, it would just take forever, you know, and it would, mm. it would be really hard. You'd be out of breath. Like, mm-hmm. oh god, this sucks. You have huge muscular hands. All right. Well, um, Oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. so what is one thing? I like this. Just random pop into your head questions. You never 
want to do again. One thing you never, ever, ever, ever want to do again. Oh, God. Eat seafood. Uh, what else is there? There's a lot of dumbass things I did in my life that I'm probably blocked out. Not, not so much you shouldn't do again. Just you just don't want to do again. Kayak down the river. What's so bad about that? To the last time, two times in a row with the fucking worst times of my life. Because you got sunburned? Or because the first you... time I decided to take a flat bottom boat down a river that was fucking still, apparently. And I had to oar the whole way down. And I had, you... my, I had my legs spread out wide. And the entire inside of my Gross. thighs all the way down were like fucking burnt, burnt. Like skin falling off, instantly burnt. <laughs> that was fucking awful. Because anytime I walked or put my legs together, it was torture. And then the second watch, time, um, I told the story about how I put fucking uh, cheap dollar store sunscreen in my eyes for like eight hours. Awful. I was going to ask if you watched uh, Jackass and tried to do some of those things. Like they inspired you like, oh, you know, they, Johnny Knoxville, I'll do that. I can do that. And then did you do any like crazy shit like that? Mm-mm. I'm not built for that shit. No. Okay. All right. So what you're going to you? say, what do you kayak. want to do again? Go to Atlantic city. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I'm glad that's how we wrap this up. It was a great experience. Yeah. I mean, it's not Atlantic city that I have a problem with. It's fine. I mean, it's, a, I'm sure some people, like I'm sure that there's some people that I live in Atlantic City you before we went that it was a shithole. I'm sure there's some people that live in Atlantic City that just don't go to the casinos. And so maybe I should, yeah, so there you go. Revise this. Never go to a casino again. Ever. Cool. How's that? Sure, that's good. I also wondered because we were at the Hard Rock and it was massive. Like this is humongous goes on forever, right? Mm-hmm. Um and every, I don't know, 10 yards or something, there's a window and then it's like, hey, this is, you know, Tom Petty's guitar or, you know, Lady Gaga's um, outfit. <laughs> you know, and I always Michael thought to myself Jackson's like, toenail. I was like, is that real? Because how do you have all of this? There's so much stuff here. You know what I mean? They could just have a guitar and it could say, this is David Bowie's guitar. And you would, is it true? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I didn't believe it. There's so many things, you know, it costs like millions and millions. And then we were, and, it was late that night when we were gambling and we learned that Taylor Hawkins died. Oh shit. Yeah. That was rough. So sorry to hear that. Yeah. I didn't believe it at first. I didn't either. Um, But what was I going to say? Oh yeah. And if it were really like, you know, Petty's guitar, or they had like Prince's, they had all, you know, like these incredible things. Then I just feel like somebody's going to, get pissed and they're going to lose a thousand dollars at roulette or whatever, smash that window and fucking take off with it, you know? And so it's probably not real is all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, no more casinos, dude. No more. Okay. That's fine. I'm cool with that. Do you have a quick take for me? Uh, Sunrise or sunset. That's so lame. You can't use your fucking question. 
If you don't know the answer to that, you I know don't it's know sunset, me, motherfucker. It's sunset. It you is. love a good sunset. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You said you had a uh, shop hack. <laughs> oh yeah, um, it's not like this craziest best shop hack. But I was having a conversation with somebody at um, the show, and so it reminded me. I think I've even mentioned it before, but it's if you have a uh, if you have a customer that requires some TLC, then what we do here is, is we put it on the packet, we put it on the work order, and we write, we use special tape, and we call it TLC. And we also put it on the box. And so, um, like, we used to have a customer that had to ship, like, every day whenever we received an order from them and had to ship by 3.30, that's when our UPS pickup is. And so I actually went to Home Depot and bought some PVC pipe, like three foot tall, stuck it in the box with a flag so that it stood out. And so my only point is, is that if you have an order that is um, requiring some special care, because let's say the customer, maybe they're upset or maybe there's just some special instructions and you don't want to mess this up, then TLC label the packet, TLC label the box, or even go so far as is to put like just a pipe in the box sticking out so that you cannot miss it. Cause that, what that did was like acute us. You can never miss it in the lineup. You're like, holy shit, you know, that box right there, we got to get done. So it hits the UPS truck. And so that's, that's my shop pack. It's just, it's just that, you know, um, certain orders during the day are TLC and don't just say, oh, I'll remember that that has to ship. I'll remember that we should, you know, communication gets tough when there's a lot of people and mm-hmm. um, label your stuff TLC. That's my shop. Yeah. So I have one that was, uh, we had a big freight shipment last week and I had heard about this before and I put it off too long to get and I tried ordering it in time and it didn't make it. It literally showed up a day after the freight shipment went out. Mm-hmm. But what we had to do is it was like 10 skids. And I had all the boxes on, I wrapped them all. And then I realized after I got them all wrapped and done that I hadn't figured out what the actual weight of the skids was. Um, Like, you know, different sizes for different everything. And it was just kind of a pain in the ass. And I called UPS and we kind of figured it out by like taking a box and weighing it and getting like a rough number for the whole thing. And then I talked to the UPS guy and he was like, well, it was T-Force is how they, you know, ship freight. And he was like, um, if it's, it's gotta be pretty close to what the actual skid is, because if it's not, they're going to charge you a fee for like reweighing, because if it's going on a tractor trailer, they have to have a specific weight, like legally to drive on the road. So like, if it's over, it's a one thing and they'll charge you even if it's under. So like, if you, if you're just like, Oh, fuck it. Like I know the heaviest pallet is going to be like 700 pounds or something. And you got a bunch of them that are a lot less. They're going to charge you again too to like, reweigh them because they could have fit more stuff on the truck you know if it was so they're going to charge you a fee if it's too high or too low um so what i ended up doing is buying a pallet jack scale so it's a pallet jack with a scale built in so you can like push it right into the pallet jack it up it tells you okay this pallet is 654 pounds so you don't have to sit there and like figure out weigh each box put it on the pallet be like okay the skid itself is 40 pounds or whatever You can just load the fucking pallet, get it done, wrap it, do everything you got to do, label it, 
put the jack in, it'll tell you exactly. I want to say somebody told us about that once. Brett or did a message us or something. Who did? Brett talked about it to us. Brett I don't who? Know if it was a chat group. Brett Bowden. Oh. I think it was in a chat group like a while ago. And I had it in my head. I was like, oh, I would love one of those. And then, um, yeah, I just uh, didn't think of it. How much was you, it? You need it. I think the one I ended up getting was like 1400 bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think there's one at Uline that's like, it's a lot more than that. But I ended up getting one on Amazon that was from like an actual, like uh, like a freight company scale thing. And I just got it today. Like, it, well, it showed up while we were gone and I went out and looked at it and it looks pretty sweet. So I'm excited to put it together for like future orders. But I think that if you are going to be shipping freight, that's a good item to have. So you can have more Definitely. accurate shipping. Yeah, we don't, I mean, it's not off. We get way more skids inbound than we do out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Typically we get a pallet or whatever we're getting and we print them and maybe the customer picks up or we courier and yeah. they don't have a dock kind of thing. But lately we have been shipping pallets out, you know, and right. that, well, me too. That's what I'm saying. We've been getting mm-hmm. a lot more bigger mm-hmm. orders and I'm like, well, I better get this tool now. So when I need it, I have it. Right. Um, but the other thing too, is like you said, you can get like pallets in from like S and S or whatever, cause they're saving money on shipping it to you that way. <clears throat> but also UPS has ground freight pricing. So you can still ship a shitload of stuff on a regular UPS truck using ground freight shipping. Um, so a lot of times you don't have to, but if it's something that's going to be like 10 skids or whatever, that's like half the truck of a freight truck. So it makes a lot more sense to ship freight, but freight's stupid expensive now. Like that right. shipment was like, you know, almost five grand. So, which you probably didn't have built into your budget. I had a good amount of it built in because I kind of roughly figured it out with SNS at first. I was like, well, how much does it cost you to ship it here? And then we kind of figured that out. So I, I ended up charging the customer accordingly, but I did lose on it. It was, I didn't charge enough. Right. But yeah, that's anyway. tough whenever we're trying to, like when we, when we quote uh, an order delivered, you know, like we'll quote a thousand shirts delivered. The prices mm-hmm. includes delivery. Um and we'll, so we'll be like, okay, well, you know, what is it? First of all, your hoodies or your t-shirts or whatever. And we'll weigh one box, you know, and you'll guess. And I always round up, of course you do the same yeah. thing. I'm sure. Cause you're like, well, what if it's wrong? Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to lose a couple hundred bucks on shipping, but you don't even expect it to be like it is now, which it's gone up, it's gone way up. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. Um, I guess the last thing I, I know we, maybe this is a little bit out of order, but I forgot to mention, and that is, is Ryan Kasperian's here. He actually text. Yeah, he texted me and said he's checked in, and I said, "Uh oh." Hmm. And he, yeah. So he is. He Are you ready? Hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean. Are you mentally um, ready? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's part of the reason why I came back on Saturday. One, I knew that I'm only good pretty much for three days of a convention lifestyle, <laughs> and uh, I just wanted to get you know, like get back in town yesterday and then wake up this morning in my own bed and, um, just prep for, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of the week. And so, yeah, I think I'm ready because I, he's been here before, you know, he was here for a couple of days and, and now he's coming for a whole week. Um, and so I, and I know exactly what I want to work on at this point, because we're actually a very different shop 
than we are when he was here last time, um, partially because of him, because he, um, you know, when he leaves, he gives you sort of like some homework, but also because we have an, you know, a new press here, we've transformed how, um, like our flow and which wasn't related to st stuff that he, when he was here the last time he was only here for a couple of days, so we didn't have enough time to, you know, to get this far in. But, um, so when he's here, he's going to see like, wow, this is flowing way better. It's cool. But we want to work on my, the thing that I really need to work on now. And so, um, I asked this to a lot of, I asked this question to a lot of people at the show, um, was like, where's your biggest time burn, you know, because ours used to be, um, like in setup and teardowns, but, um, now it's not our setup and teardowns are pretty good. What, what our biggest time burn now seems to be like incorrect, um, ways that we send the files to, to Kyle, to our, to, so pre-press, I guess, pre-pressed by the time it gets to the press, we're, we're messing up and we're not, um, communicating correctly. And so all the information, in other words, isn't there on the screen. And so I want to get that. I think if we dial in our flow there and that the screens are always right and the screens also are always in the right place, we need to like tweak and fine tune a few of the roles here. And so he is fantastic at that kind of stuff. And so he's kind of like, you know, the throw the gauntlet down or put the hammer down or maybe none of those. Maybe he's just going to say, hey, guys, um, I think it's going to flow a little bit better this way. And here's what we should do. And so I'm excited about that because that's sort of the last piece of the puzzle for this year. I mean, I know that there's always going to be stuff to work on. I'm not saying that then we'll be perfect or anything, but you kind of look, it's the way we do, the way I do it here is I'm like, uh, at the beginning of the year, the first quarter is let's get our shit together. Um, it's slower now. Let's, let's get ready and let's work on these projects and spend this money. Is your eye okay? I'm not going to lie. Something seems to be wrong with my eyes. I can't seem to take them off of you. <laughs> All right. That's the shirt show for the week. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Um, is, was that your, was that your, cause I didn't that was do my the pickup line. Yeah. Well, let me finish this. Um, I had to rub my eyes for like fucking two minutes for you to notice. I should have kept going. I should have fucking kept going and let you do that. The last thing, uh, oh, I wanted to finish this thought. First quarter, we work on stuff. We get stuff in place. We get ourselves set for the year because quarter two, three, and four are so much more busier because I don't have time to work on that sort of stuff. And so I guess the last piece of the puzzle for 2022 is Ryan coming here and we're going to work on like streamlining that stuff, that pre-pressed mm -hmm. to press sort of area. Yep. Um, and also, by the way, um, I've spent enough money <laughs> for now with our like rearranging shit and all that kind of stuff. And so I am just ready to make money. So the rest of the year, I just want to print shirts. I don't want to do anything. I'm like, Hey, we did it. And we're done. Start making like the list for things we're going to change next January, like next January, February, you know what I'm saying? So that's, that's where I'm at anyway. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, Hey, uh, shut up for a second. Dylan, did you know that trees poop? No. Why? Yeah. Well, that's how we get number two pencils. <laughs> okay, cool. Okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Cool, man. We'll end well, on uh, that, right? I'll see you later. All right. Have a great... Um, what, what the fuck's for dinner? I don't know. I haven't been home yet. Call Linz and say, what, what the fuck's for dinner? See if that... See how yeah, that that'll go over well. <laughs>
Hey, I haven't seen you in five days. What the fuck's for dinner? (laughs) Please. I'll give you a hundred bucks right now. Call her and say that. I want to hear it. Put her on speaker. I, yeah, I'm not doing that. All right. I get it. Well, it was great talking to you. It was great weekend. Um, Well, longer than that. It was a great, it was a great show. It's great times. Great hangs. Love you. Can't wait to do it again. Love you too. See you.